It's time to give up. Get your ass up. Throw your hands up and say, well. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your recovery meeting on the air. Welcome to Sober in the City. Here's your sobriety assistant, Debbie Strand. Do you or someone you care about suffer from untreated alcoholism or addiction? Contact Believe Treatment Center now, 1-855-874-2354, or visit BelieveTreatmentCenter.com. Believe Treatment Center, we understand. I'm Debbie Strand, back with more Sober in the City, talking about how you can work a program of recovery and overcome your addictions, whatever they are. Drugs, alcohol, gambling, smoking, shopping, even food addiction. There's also love and sex addiction. We want to overcome all our addictions. I don't want anything to own me anymore. And we all have life issues that we experience. Whether you're in recovery or not, whether you need recovery or not, we're here for you and we can get you help. So call us now, share your opinion with us. Tell me if you stayed sober through the weekend. And if you didn't stay sober, share that with me too. 800-SOBER-05 and visit us at Sober in the City and listen live on the Sober in the City apps for Apple and Android devices. You can hear this show and previous shows and share them with your friends. Give the show to your sponsee. Let me talk to him all night. We've already done it. <laughs> but right now, we're going to go back to what do you do when you get out of rehab? How do you get a sponsor? And how are you rebuilding our lives? Now, here's a few good ideas that I thought of. Don't go pay off your dope dealer. Don't go to the crack house and show them your new medallion. And don't go to the pill guy and show them how good you look and think that you're ready to go tell your friends how great recovery is and that they should get in it too. Because the next thing that you know You'll be sitting there having the same discussion, sitting on the same bar stool at 4 a.m., asking yourself and the same people, how did this happen to me again? What just happened to my 30 days sober? So we're going to go right to the callers. We've got Dan in Oaklawn, Illinois. Dan, welcome to Sober in the City. Hello, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Very good. Good. You hear, us, hear the topic that we've put out today. We're talking about what do you do when you get out of rehab? What should somebody else do if you haven't done it? What's your experience with it? How do you go about getting a sponsor, and how do you start to rebuild your life? Okay. Uh, first of all, first, first, first getting out of rehab, what I would do, I mean, if, you, if you're ever, if you're introduced to the uh, uh, the uh, AA program, uh, number one, get phone numbers, you know, build yourself, build yourself up an army, you know, because, you know, you, you at least have, to have people there for you in case you need to call somebody. But, you know, like we say, uh, we try to give up phone numbers, you know, don't, don't call, don't call when you're drunk, you know, but. Try try to call before you know, but uh, you know, build, build build up your army, make meet make make meetings, make lots of meetings. You know, uh, I mean I mean when I first came into the program, you know, I was mentioning you know doing ninety meetings in ninety days. Well, you know, I thought to myself there was a jail sentence or something, you know, but I went I went to, I went to as many meetings as I could, you know, and uh, my first my first started coming around, you know, I, I thought I was to try and get my license back, you know, and uh, I was getting the sheet signed for the Secretary of State. And in the city, the city of Chicago, where there's meetings everywhere, buses going everywhere, I got to make excuse why I have to go. So my first sponsor, you know, he he looked at the sheet, he looked at the gaps in the states, he says, how come you're not going to all your meetings, you know? And uh, so I, I got to make excuse why I, why I wasn't going. So he was at my front door the next day, the set meetings, big meetings during the week, and then maybe a... Uh, speaker meeting on, on like Saturday and breakfast meeting on Sunday. So your sponsor starts showing up at your doorstep and taking you to meetings so that you didn't have excuses. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, at, at first you kind of need a, a boot in your rear end to get, get get yourself going. You know, and uh, I'm, 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 I, you know, I, I need, I needed that. You know, and uh, and and you know, uh, you know, at first the meetings may seem 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 confusing, you know, especially the steps. But more and more you 
Quarter means one more, you know, clearer than stuff to become. But, you know, my, my, my first meeting, you know, I, there was a bunch of strangers. I mean, uh, I didn't know anybody, but, you know, when you get that unconditional love you, you get when you first walk, walk into the rooms and they were just glad you were there and just, they just like, keep, keep coming back. And, uh, and that's what I did. And, uh, the first, the first, the first thing I ever went to, uh, was in one, one meeting in the hospital and the lady that chaired the meeting, she said, uh, you know, it may not make a difference to you what you may have to say, but it may make a difference to somebody else in this room. We share stories, strengthen hope each other, and this is how we get better. This is how we get well. Because, you know, a lot of us, you know, we didn't know what to say. A lot of us passed, you know, but uh, I, I, think it's, I think it's important to, uh, you know, whatever you're talking about, you know, that you, you, uh, you know, uh, put yourself out there, you know, relate to what, what something you might go on to. And one thing, one thing I, I, I learned, too, is that, uh, uh, it's not to compare, you know, because if you could, you're going to compare yourself with somebody else, you're just going to you're just going to compare yourself right out of it, you know. And uh, the thing is, you know, just to go there and and listen, you know. And uh, listen, my sponsor says that uh, listening is a learning skill. When you go to means, what what is it that you listen to, you know? And uh, another thing I was told early on is you know, stick with the winners, and that, that's what I did too, you know. And uh, as I started going to means, you know, I heard a lot of good things that were said. A lot of things that uh, you know, I I planted into the thought process. I I would still stick stick today. You know, uh, as uh, uh, I mean, I'm great. I'm great. I'm grateful for, for for the sobriety I have. You know, I got just you know, I got 20, 24 years, twenty four years, one day at a time. But you know, the person the person that got up the earliest today is the one with the most sobriety. You know, and it's one day at a time. And uh, like I said, the first person that first gets out of rehab. You know, get your phone numbers, build yourself yourself up in armies, and you go to meetings or something. Uh, you get to know who they are. Uh, you, you, even if you need a ride or something, you know, uh, find find out who 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 they are. Maybe you can get a ride for them. This and that. Uh, and uh, you know, I was always afraid to go go to coffee after after the meetings, and that, and sometimes that's better than the than the meetings after, you know. And uh, uh, but you 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 build up a a friendship and a fellowship and. Uh, they say they say fellowshipping is uh, important too because it helps you get out of yourself. It helps you uh, like to, not to isolate. You know, I, I mean, I I've, I've had a problem with isolating, and it's a really bad thing to get into. You know, and uh, I had to practically shake sh- myself out of it at one point. You know, but uh, I, I think I think getting involved, getting involved in the program helps too. You know, and uh, uh, you know, because where 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 would I be if somebody didn't reach out? your hand to help to me and that's what I try and give to somebody else today. Exactly. And that's what we have to do and that helps us in twenty four years, boy, that proves it, you know, twenty four years is a a lot of twenty four hours back to back in a row. And, you know, yes, the person who gets up the earliest has the most time that day, but I'm not gonna ask somebody with three days to be my sponsor. I want somebody like you, Dan, with twenty four (laughs) years to be my sponsor. Just a lot more experience. But Yes, I absolutely see how that has value. And sticking with the winners, sometimes I think when you're new is hard because you come in and all the winners are sticking together. So it seems like it's a click. But I got to tell you, and Dan, I'm sure that you'll agree that we as clicks of people who are staying sober are welcoming in people who want to stay sober, correct? Yes, yes. And, you know, it's mentioned, uh, yeah, you know, picking up a sponsor is important, but if you don't find a sponsor right away, they always tell you, you know, maybe maybe pick up pick up something temporary until you do find that right sponsor because you may not find that one right away. Uh, my my suggestion is you continue to go to meetings. 
uh, uh, it might be a person that uh, works with the program, has a good knowledge of the staff, um, some, somebody that you, uh, somebody you can be able to talk to, somebody you can bounce ideas and your problems off of, you know, because uh, I, w- I was the kind of person, like, I was afraid to even talk about anything because maybe the guy would think I was dummy or something, you know? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was like taking on a sponsor was too much of a commitment for me in the beginning, and I remember a therapist before I started going to meetings told me that I needed to go to 90 meetings in 90 days. And I wanted to throw yeah. myself on the floor like a four-year-old that didn't get their toy in the middle of the Walmart or something. And, ah, you know, I mean, it was like, are you kidding me? That is so overwhelming. It's not so much like it was the, the jail sentence, but it was just like so overwhelming. I mean, I couldn't do my dishes at that point. I was so messed up. You know, it was just overwhelming to try to... So I think maybe that's a good thing to tell people, just come back tomorrow instead of telling them doing 90 and 90. Maybe every day, just tell them, just come back tomorrow. Okay, great. You know, and people say, you know, I really want to drink. Well, you can drink tomorrow. Call me first thing in the morning before you do, though. They call you and you say, well, you will drink tomorrow. Let's not drink today. You know, and just keep putting it off one day at a time like that, because the, the thought of never drinking again was way too much for me. The thought of I had to go to 90 meetings in 90 days was way too much for me. All I could bite off, I mean, you can eat an elephant. But you've got to do it one bite at a time. And I think that's something really important. Just a little change in the verbiage may possibly help the newcomer. And when you go into those meetings, it is overwhelming. You don't know anybody. It's like they're speaking uh, peanuts language, you know, wah, wah, wah. The teachers, you don't understand a thing that people are saying. None of it makes any sense. And please understand, the more you go back, the easier it gets. And in 30 days, 60 days, you're going to understand everything that everybody's talking about. It's not that difficult. And another thing very valuable about getting that sponsor or temporary sponsor early on is that they can explain those things to you. Sit next to them at a meeting and, and you know, just poke them. Hey, what's that mean? You know, what are they talking about over there? And then they could, they could walk you through that stuff. We've got Frank on the line. Actually, we've got Fort Worth Frank on the line from Fort Worth, Texas. Frank, welcome to Sober in the City. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Oh, you know, just another day. Another day in paradise. I'm sober. sober Uh-huh. Gotcha. Gotcha. Absolutely. The topic today, what do you do when you get out of rehab? How do you get a sponsor? And how do you start rebuilding your life? Can you share for us, Fort Worth, Frank? Sure. First thing you do is you thank your mom and dad for getting you there. If you have that uh, fortune of of, uh, parents that will do that for you. Because you look around nowadays. Look around today, the social environment is very much changed from 10, 15 years ago. Um, Dan had a lot of wisdom. He had a lot of a lot of gifts to pick up and put under the tree with what he said. I want to speak to the the new generation today because addiction, the 12 steps, uh, the social media out there that, that uh, is affecting them in one way or another uh, should be addressed. The old school guard got to tip their hat, tip your hat to them because if it wasn't for the old school, we wouldn't have a new school. Uh, <laughs> when I got sober seven years ago, I was told by an old school guard to sit down, shut up, don't say nothing, quit asking questions. And for about a day, that worked. <laughs> and I saw how, the, how the, the, the room divided between the examples and the winners, and I was told the same thing, stick with the winners. So uh, against my, my sponsor's wishes, I went ahead and I started asking questions, because that's just who I was. 
And, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. And if somebody's going to stand there and kind of look at you and say, you only got a day's over, huh? Eh, come back tomorrow. You'll like it. It, it. It's a turnoff. People coming into sobriety, just like you, you detailed, it's overwhelming. It's scary. You're apprehensive. You're happy. Your thoughts are so confused. You're, you're just trying to figure out if you can find your way to the front door. And, you know, you become overwhelmed, you become hypersensitive, and in today's world of instant gratification, you, you get twisted and bent out of shape because it doesn't happen right now. But when I got sober, again, you know, as you described, it was overwhelming. And who do you talk to? What do you say? How does this happen? How come I don't feel great overnight? Da, da, da. You got to let it happen. And as far as finding a sponsor goes in regard to that subject, you sit back. You watch people. You listen to their stories. More often than not, you go look at somebody and say, that dude is a quack. And then you'll go home and look in that mirror and say, that dude is a quack. And you got to refer to yourself. <laughs> the process. Gotcha. Because there's no difference in those people in those rooms. Some of those people have a healthy sobriety. Some of those people have a different sobriety. And some of those people have a sobriety. And you ask them, how can you live with yourself every day? But he's sober. Hey. More power to them. You got to sit back. It's like buying a car. You know, some people like little mini cars because they're cute and they got little tiny wheels and, hey, look at me. You got some people that want to go out there and want to buy an SUV because they got a big family. They carry a lot of things. They're the soccer mom on the go 24-7. They need the space. In sobriety, it's going to be rough and tumble. Me personally, I was one of those, give me a 4 by 4 because I've got some mud. I've got some crap. I've got trees and forests. I've got fields of, of wreckage to drive through. I need something that's going to be able to handle it. And when you're looking for a sponsor, you're looking for somebody who's already driven that road. You want a sponsor that's been through the rough and tumble and knows how to deal with you, not necessarily with kids' club, because you want to be assertive, but you don't want to scare them away. So, you know, when you're looking for a sponsor, you want to find something that fits you, just like if you're buying a car. You want to find something that's going to fit you, but at the same time, you don't want something that's going to enable you. The steps are always going to be there. I have learned that there are so many different ways to do the steps and so many different programs to do the steps. A lot of people are shying away from AA. They're shying away from NA because of an age-old stigma that's been around for decades, but it seems like it's just it's coming back up to the surface. People are looking for alternative routes, but the 12 steps are the 12 steps. I don't care if you're doing it on a picnic bench in a park or if you're doing it at the house or if you're doing it in the rooms or you're going to an IHOP right down your fourth step, you have to do the steps. I think I've done my steps in in every one of those you just mentioned, including the IHOP. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I remember I was, I was, I couldn't sleep one night and I was early in sobriety. I didn't have maybe 90 days if I had that. And you know, all this, 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 garbage and this junk was just floating around in me. It was certain it was surfacing to my head. And I was on my third step and I knew I had to get it my fourth step done. My sponsor tells me, start writing it down. Here's the page in the book. Here's your little template, a little guide to work with. Go write it down. Well, my apartment that I had was well, needless to say, the Roach Motels give it good luck because this this place I was waking up at night and I had bugs on my face because that's oh where they decided God. to rest that evening. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah. And, I, and I'm, I'd sit there in my room and I'd look at the, 
you know, just it's an efficiency apartment. I'm looking at the seams of the ceiling and I'm seeing how they're getting in and out. It's like, uh. So I got tired of looking at that. I grabbed me a, a pad of paper, a pen, and I walked about a quarter mile up to the IHOP. I had nothing but a job. I had a guy who was gracious enough to give me a job, uh, money under the table. So I had enough money in my pocket. I could go up and buy a cup of coffee. I took my note and my pen and I started writing my fourth step. And thank God for a sponsor who was a jerk. Because if he hadn't been a jerk, I wouldn't have fought back and I wouldn't have got through and figured out what the four steps all about and this wake of damage behind me. But you have to find the sponsor that fits you. Not every, Most people don't like a sponsor like that. My first, my, my first steady sponsor, because I went through a couple of temporaries and said, you know, thanks guys, I'll take what I can from you, i got to find something else. My first steady sponsor was a prison guard. He was a staff sergeant, or I'm sorry, he was a kitchen sergeant. And he told it to you like it was. There was no cutting corners, shooting curves. There was no putting butter on the bread before he fed it to you. He just jammed it right at you. For me particularly, that's what I needed. I've seen other sponsors who deal with other people who, you know, they have to start out with kid gloves and graduate them up. Twelve Steps saved my life. Twelve Steps made it possible for me to be the first person in seven generations to, to live sober after seven years. So the generation coming out of rehab today, the generation dealing with addiction today, the generation, and I'm not speaking just to the young, it can be 18 to 35 to 40, but they're dealing with a new new addiction. It's the same animal, it's just got a new wrapping, and it's getting worse and worse, so they need to find a sponsor. But when the first thing they do when they come out of rehab, thank the person that got them there. Then they need to thank the counselor that walked them through that 90 days or however long they were there. Then they need to go to a meeting and find a sponsor. Give your number out, but don't be so liberal with it. Be careful with who you give your number out because, as they say in the room, some are sicker than others. And that's been my experience. That it's, may not, not, it's not the hotbed of mental health. No. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. But, uh, you know, every, every person is going to have a different opinion. Every person is going to uh, tell you a different version, a different angle, and a different way of, a different way to approach things. And that's great because the diversity out there today, dealing with the 12 steps, dealing with the rooms, dealing with stigmas, dealing with the program, it's not what it used to be. It's not a, it's not a concrete thing anymore like it used to be. You either had AA or you had NA and you choked. Some people today, they're, they're just, you know, they because I work with people. And they say, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm not real big on N.A. I'm not real big on A. And I say, why? They say, because it's rigid. Well, what do you mean by rigid? Well, I'm not ready to share. And if I'm not ready to share, then my sponsor gives me a hard time and people around me give me a hard time until I finally share. I said, is this the same sponsor that told you to sit down and shut up? Yeah. And you have to come up with different suggestions and alternatives. When you get out of rehab, find the one that works for you, not just the sponsor, but the program. Do your steps go forward because it's all about you be selfish about your sobriety but when you're going through your steps it's anything but about you you got to make sure everything around you is addressed a lot of people see that four step and they run away screaming just like you were talking about no, no like middle Walmart. <laughs> that stuff on the fourth step can't hurt you anymore that already happened you know, now, now right. all the things that we'd been through, I used to cop dope in the hood at 4.30 in the morning with a handful of change and try to rip off the dope man. And now I'm afraid to put a pencil 
to the paper and write about the things that I did. It's ridiculous when you think. I know. We've got Johan on the line from Topeka, Kansas. Uh, Fort Worth, Frank, thank you so much. We're going to go to uh, Johan in Topeka, Kansas. Johan, welcome to Sober in the City. Thank you very much for having me. What do you think about the topic? Can you share on that? What do you do when you get out of rehab? Uh, how do you get a sponsor and how do you start to rebuild your life? Can you share on that, please? Um, I, can, I can give it a shot. Um, I've been around for about 10 years off and on, Debbie. Um, when I first came in around 10 years ago, um, I, was, I did the detox part and then the 30-day deal in rehab. And I got to share with you, I'm very grateful for the counselors I was with at the time. Uh, this man, he kind of followed me around and he, he uh, suggested that every night, instead of hanging out downstairs and shooting pool and bragging about what I used to do and, and those kind of things outside smoking cigarettes, that I should probably open up the basic text of Narcotics Anonymous and read a chapter, provide a paragraph about each chapter. Um, yeah, and if you're so having my- trouble sleeping in early sobriety... Take out your book, read your book, whether it's NAAA, whatever, A, start reading your book. <laughs> You'll get sleepy real right, fast. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. The endorphins in the back of the brain will definitely get hit. Exactly. Um, but, but, but my first 30 days, Debbie, I was so out there because I lived in such a dysfunctional family uh, that I actually approached my counselor, my, my 30 days of rehab, and I walked up to this guy really quiet, and I kind of whispered, I was like, hey, yeah, how do you talk to people? He kind of looked at me funny for a second, and I was I was serious, and you know I had to repeat my question: How do you, how do you talk to people? I don't even know how to conversate with people. And uh, so another suggestion that came from this man was, uh, well, why don't you try to walk up to people, and if they're already in a conversation, he he basically directed me if I'm, they're like they're already in a conversation to uh, jump in there and like for example, as we're all talking right here, you know about a subject, I, I can't just start talking about how I play soccer, you know, right. and so. For 30, for 30 days, he recommended, uh, you know, go up to people, start talking to them, and then when they, ask, when they say their day is good, you know, follow up with, well, I'm glad to hear that. My day is going pretty good, too, and then try to participate in two-way conversation. So my first 30 days when I was 20, that's where I was at. It was I couldn't even conversate that well. Um, you know, I had a hard time sleeping my first 30 days. I'm sure, like, most of us did when we first came in. Um, I cried every night when I went to sleep only because um, I was, in, in essence, Looking back now, I was, I was living, or not living, but I was starting to uh, work a step one, admitting the process of being an addict and you know, all these other things that were shining out. You know, I was starting to observe pretty heavy. Um, when, when I got out of rehab, I was very, I'm going to back up about five years before that when I was around 15. Long story short, but my father's in recovery, and he uh, dumped me off at a, a, a narcotics anonymous meeting downtown to speak of. And I walked in, you know, long story short, didn't stay around, but I fell in love with the group that I've walked into. And that's actually a, it's a really well-known old-timer group, whatever you want to call it or however you want to label it. Um, and there's a lot of recovery and a lot of sobriety there. And um, so getting back to when I got out of rehab, I went to the place where I felt comfortable, which was that old-timer group in Topeka. And um, these men and the few women that were there, you know, they always hugged me. They always said, glad you're here. They placed me right in the middle of the group. Uh, they gave me a service position. They told me how to make the coffee. I've never drank coffee before I showed up to NA. NAA <laughs> right. Other A's I've been to. It's my new and, habit, and too. They, they, right, right. And, and they placed me right in the middle. And, um, you know, during this process of, uh, you know, being right in the middle, I was hearing suggestions like I've heard from the previous gentleman, uh, you know, get in the middle of the program. You know, it's like, like – I've heard the meeting so many times, you know, if I wanted to go score dope, I'm not going to go, you know, barely knock on the door, you know, real quiet. I'm going to bang on the door because I need some dope. 
right. you know, or vice versa. If my first guy I can't get a hold of, you know, if I can't get whatever I'm trying to get over the phone or the, the first liquor store is shut down, I'm going to keep driving down the road to go get some more or make another phone call. So in essence, you know, my first 30, 60, 90 days, uh, I was right in the middle. I was at every meeting. I was at every function. You know, if there was something happening, Johan was there. And um, over the years, I've had a couple stumbling blocks um, with uh, relapses physically, mentally, um, and those kind of things. Um, I want to throw out there, I, I don't really care about my anonymity, but I've attended things like sex addicts phenomenon. I've, I've been present. I did that for a couple of years or about a year or so, a year and a half. Um, therapy really, really opened my eyes because a lot of times, uh, we're, we're suggested in the meetings that we're not supposed to like, really give out, you know, two-way feedback. And I, I, I don't know how it ran down to Fort Worth or the other location, but speaking, we're really sticklers on two-way feedback, which I actually don't agree with. Um, so I, I had a sponsor and I think it was sponsor number five at the time. He recommended, why don't you, why don't you go to a therapy and get in front of a therapist and share some issues and concerns with. And, um, you know, over the years, like I said, I've, I've relapsed a couple times. I'm getting ready to celebrate 18 months clean and sober here next week. Um, but the one thing that really, really helped me, and I've, I've heard, you know, several times already shared was the idea about step work. Um, step work has definitely kept me accountable to my behavior. Step work has definitely kept me accountable to relationships, friendships, has kept me accountable to myself. I'm at a point, Debbie, where in my life where if I'm in an uncomfortable situation, red flags stop start popping up. Um, long story short, I'm, I'm actually dating a lady right now, and it, it's not serious, but it, it can get to that point if, if we allow it. And uh, like I was saying with her, that you know, years ago, you could put me in a dope house or at the casino or somewhere where there's a lot of addiction, addictive behaviors popping off. And I wouldn't even know. I, I wouldn't even see the red flag. But today, if you put me in a casino or definitely a dope house, you know, I'll feel the self-centeredness. I'll see it. You know, and I'll, I'll become very comfortable with myself. And then, uh, for the most part, I usually leave. I mean, I'll be honest. I know AA and NA does not really endorse this. Uh, but, you know, occasionally I do go out and shoot pool. I'll go out and shoot pool. I'll listen to music. You know, I got a couple of buddies who, who might have, a, you know, a couple of drinks for me to coke on the rock. But mm-hmm. what I'm getting at is, I actually have cutoff points, you know, like when I go, I go to the bar. I, I have cutoff points. I will not stay after a certain time because after a certain time, I'm sure we've all been there where it's the eye contact game and, you know, I'm going to take her home or, you know, that kind of stuff going <laughs> on. Falling back just, into the old behavior. Johan, that's absolutely, right. you know, that. And, and first of all, this isn't a show about AA or NA. This is about recovery. This is about getting well. There's many, many paths to recovery. You know, the A's aren't the only way to go. Um, it was the path that I took, but, you know, I bring in a lot of different healing therapies and I send my sponsees to um, SLA, Sex and Love Anonymous. Uh, I think a lot of people need work in that. I mean, I did work in that area too. I wasn't raised with healthy boundaries. When we come back, more about what you do when you get out of a rehab and how do you get a sponsor and how do you rebuild your life? And we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors who make this show possible. And if you hear how we have all got started and stayed stopped, have sponsors and have rebuilt our lives, know that you can do it too. She hates her job, loves her kids, bored with her husband, tired of the same old list of things to do. So when the to-dos have all been done She sits down at the kitchen table 
grows herself a fat one Smoke so sweet fills the air She maybe ought to crack a window All she can do is stare at the paint That's been appealing off of the walls A couple of tokes of her troubles Don't seem all that tall You know life will let you down Sometimes the only way to get by is to get high. Debbie Strand and guests return with more Sober in the City right after this. At Believe Treatment Center, we understand. We understand you are struggling. That's why our treatment nourishes mind, body, and spirit. We understand that recovery works differently for everyone. That's why we design individual treatment programs specifically for you. At Believe Treatment Center, we understand that it's not easy. That's why we offer a comprehensive scope of services, including nutrition, massage, chiropractic, and aftercare for you and even for your family. Believe Treatment Center is a 12-step friendly, state-of-the-art facility located in gorgeous Palm Beach County, Florida. We we are experts in all types of addiction and recovery, and we are proud sponsors of Sober in the City. To find out more about our program and how your insurance may cover your treatment, call us today at 1-855-874-2354. That's 855-874-2354. 1-855-874-2354. Or visit BelieveTreatmentCenter.com. Believe Treatment Center. We understand. 